If you like weird history, true crime, haunted and paranormal, then pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a video component to our favorite Ghost Town episodes at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Episodes like The Los Feliz Murder House, The Toxic Lady, The Black Dahlia, Janis Joplin's Hotel Room, The Haunted Roosevelt Hotel, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's youtube.com slash J-A-S-O-N-H-O-R-T-O-N. And while you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you. It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton. Welcome to the show. Today, I sit and chat with Lincoln Hoppe. He is a comedian. He's an actor. And you know what? He's a nice guy. Can that, can that just be enough? Somebody being a nice person? I'll, I'll take that over credits. But I get very impressed by credits, and he's got plenty of them. He was in the new Stargate Origins, uh, if you're a fan of Stargate. It's a new version of it. I don't know. I'm not super familiar with Stargate, but I do know the director that I've uh, worked with, and she's great. Talk about her a little bit. Uh, I know uh, kind of um, casually one of the writers, so I thought it was it was pretty cool. And then Lincoln uh, is in it. He's in he's in a lot of it. Uh, so it's pretty exciting. He's in a uh, episode of Scorpion. And then he's been in a bunch of, just been in a bunch of stuff, like Touched by an Angel. I've never seen the, I've never watched Touched by an Angel, not my jam, but I do remember seeing the commercials. So he's been working a long time and he's just a super nice guy, really funny improviser. He's uh, let me work with his uh, improv group, The Society Improv Group. That's been fun because I haven't been doing as much improv, I've been doing more stand up lately. But uh, you, you can check him out at Lincoln Hoppe. That's Lincoln. H-O-P-P-E dot com. We talk about his name a little bit because it looks like Hop, but it's it's Hoppa. Not not like Mark Hoppus, right? He's Blink-182. I don't know. I'm just trying to sound relevant. I, I call, I guess what is EDM, I, I call it rave music. So you know I'm out of touch. You know it. But listen, if you want to see some out of touch comedy, I'm doing a bunch of shows uh, by a bunch, as far as stand-up comedy is concerned, not a bunch, uh, but a bunch for me uh, on the uh, October 8th at 8.30 p.m. or 8 p.m. I'll be at uh, HaHa's in North Hollywood. And I think on the ooh, 15th, maybe, I am at Flappers in Burbank. That's probably 7.30. And then I'm performing at Cosmic Comedy on October 20th, 8 p.m. in Berlin, Germany. So that should be, uh, I mean, that should be what it is. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm excited to be in Berlin and then going to Prague and then going to Copenhagen with my wife. It's going to be fun. We're going to document a lot of it, uh, obviously, like on Instagram, which is the Jason Horton, but on uh, my new travel blog, which is ghosttowntravels.com, which is part of, I guess, born out of the Ghost Town podcast. And right now, um, you know, now's a good time to listen because we're in the middle of a three-part series on Janis Joplin. Uh, It coincided with the anniversary of her death, part one is out. Part two will be out 
on Wednesday, and then the third and final part of that will be the following Wednesday. And every Wednesday, Ghost Town Podcast, check it out. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. And then you could check out the Instagram if you, you want to see some visuals on like abandoned, haunted, mysterious places. Uh, check out Ghost Town Pod. I also worked with the Clunes again. If you're not familiar with the Clunes, you've probably seen their videos either on YouTube or Facebook. Um, and, you know, they've been on Ellen. And we did a little thing they do for Comedy Central, it's thing called Mini Mocks. It is uh, a video series for Comedy Central, and uh, maybe I play a stand-up comic, and maybe that's as close as I'm going to get to doing stand-up comedy on Comedy Central is just being in a Comedy Central video playing a stand-up comedy. But you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. You know what else I'll take? RX bars. Yes, RX bar. I am still eating them. I've talked about them before. They are a staple in my diet, love them. It's whole food protein bars with simple, real ingredients. They want to do it the right way. The, the power of transparency is important. The core ingredients are like egg whites for protein, dates to bind nuts for texture. They list that right on the front. There's no trickery, you know? It's, it's there. They're not trying to deceive you. It's not like you look at the back of some protein bars and there's like 8,000 ingredients. Let me tell you something. More is not necessarily better when it comes to that. Egg whites for protein. I like that source of protein. It's a good source of protein. I know what egg whites are. Very important. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free. All the frees that you want, whether it's sweet and savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. Sometimes I'm in the mood for chocolate. Sometimes I'm in the mood for a fruit flavor. They have plenty of flavors and you will never you will never tire of them. Sometimes I'm in the mood for both, and I have both because I can because I'm an adult. Breakfast on the go, snack at the office to push you through that 3 p.m. slump. Throw one in your bag for the plane, which I will be doing on my trip to Europe. Toss one in your backpack for a bike ride or hike. Pre-slash-post-workout snack. 14 delicious flavors. Uh, mango, pineapple, chocolate hazelnut, peanut butter, berry, um, chocolate chip, there's apple cinnamon. There, there's there's plenty. And there's seasonal flavors too. Uh, they have a nut butter, uh, honey cinnamon peanut butter, peanut butter, vanilla almond butter. They've got you covered. You don't have to just settle for regular old butters. They got they mix it up for you. And I, I don't I just like they're just when you're eating something that's good and it's quality and it doesn't taste like chemicals, you don't mind eating them. And that's important. And if you would like to get 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash benefits and enter the promo code benefits at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash benefits and enter promo code benefits at checkout for 25% off your first order. All right, let's get into my conversation with Lincoln Hoppe. That's for me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kiki, test my uh, debit card. It's, yes. Uh, just a pot of Deposit a bunch of money. Can That'd you test be that? great. I'd test that out. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. Because I have no idea what yeah. to. I only know how to make money, right? And get rich and successful. I don't know how to spend it though. I can definitely <laughs> help you with that. Okay, cool. I've got the other talent. Yeah, you got the. Yeah. You know how to spend? All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we know what the, the the something I found out about you. Oh, really? Uh, well, I, a couple days ago when we were at that Hollywood party Ooh, at the Grove, right? Um, that you're from New Jersey. I am from New Jersey. When, when somebody is from New Jersey. They could do me harm, and I find out they're from New Jersey. It's like, oh, 
It's like you ever get cut off in traffic and then you're like, I do not like this person. And then they give a little wave and you're like, oh, they're all it's, is well. It's good. It's, it's like that. Good. But you're from the, the Southern. The Southern end of New Jersey, very yeah. close to Philadelphia. Yeah. So. And uh, I'm from the Northern end of New Jersey. It's a small state. It's a small state, but it's long. You take Garden State Parkway all the way down. It's also, I believe, still the most densely populated state. Yeah. It's a great state. I love it. I Go mean, New Jersey! Do you, do you, what do you think about Springsteen? Uh, never my style of music. Okay. <laughs> I was a little more into the Bon Jovi, but okay. still not my yeah. exact. Well, Bon Jovi kind of, I think, took a little of that working class stuff from Bruce Springsteen. That like It had a harder edge. You had a harder yeah. edge, yeah. So yeah. you're so Bruce was too weak for you. No, no, I like I like I love everything that he stands for. Right. Okay. America. Yeah. But uh, it just wasn't my style of music. Yeah. Like when when I was growing up, we were I was in a heavy metal band and we played. Oh, well, hold, on, hold on a second. Yeah. Go on. Please. We we played you know Iron Maiden, okay. Led Zeppelin. We played some Bon Jovi. Yeah. All those kinds of bands. Lots of. Uh, what did you play? Uh, I played guitar. What kind of guitar did you play? Uh, at the time, I played an Ibanez. Of course. Now I play... You're from New Jersey, right. you're playing Bon Jovi, you're playing an Ibanez. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, now I, I, re- I have a really nice Strat, so yeah. I enjoy playing it. You grew up. I grew up. Yeah, yeah. I still have my Ibanez, though. I think oh. it's, like, it's over 30 years old. Yeah. It's got a maple neck, very dirty. Was it uh, neon green? <laughs> neon yellow. Neon yellow. Yeah, I mean, I know. <laughs> yep. That's very slippery when you have you. SG 550. I've been as SG 550, yeah. I believe it was. So, uh, Iron Maiden, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, was... I, I was a little, because I was more into, uh, when it came to kind of like into like the punk and hardcore and stuff like that. So, like, the, me- the, the metal heads in school and like the punks sometimes didn't get along, but it right. took me, a, I mean, Metallica is one of the first concerts. I saw one of the first ones I saw that were in that in 89 like one of the uh, Justice for All tour right. and it was amazing it was great but it just took me a little bit to get into like Iron Maiden who I actually saw recently because I was like I gotta see them once uh, so I was a little late into uh, the metal as far as like I'm not talking about like Motley Crue or Twisted Sister I mean I was like love that because I was like right. a kid that was, was like pop that was that was, that was pop, pop but like staring at like Motley Crue shout at the devil when you're you know 10 years old right. you're like Whoa. So evil. It's so cool. And it just appealed to so many, like Van Halen, it appealed to like yeah. being, I think, at least for, you know, I, I can only speak as, as a male and being like young, but like starting to like, oh, I like things now. Because there's a point where you don't know what you like until you're like, oh, I, I'm conscious that I like things. And, yeah. And, and like albums like that were, were some of those things. Yeah. So my brother was the drummer. Okay. So he played drums and he still listens to Iron Maiden. Okay. And he uh, just went to their concert okay. just a few months ago. And I still, like, I appreciate the music musically, but I don't listen to it. Every now and then, like, maybe once a year I'll put on Aces High yeah, just or, to, you know, something. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, like you said, yeah. I, instead of going, finding other kinds of music like metal, since I was already into that, I found punk and I found just classic rock. Yeah. Uh, and I... I even in high school, I started to appreciate and like to play classic rock more than the metal. Um, but metal's pretty fun to play. It is super fun yeah. if you got the, you know what I mean? It's got the sound. and Right. And, and if you listen to it now, it's not even that metal. Like, no. it wasn't thrash or anything right. like that. 
But good times. Was that in New good Jersey? Times. You were in that. In that I was in New Jersey. Yeah, I moved to New Jersey when I was four. Where were you born? So uh, Chicago. Okay, right outside of Chicago. Uh, wow. Uh-huh. All right. What made What made your family move to New Jersey? My dad got a different job. He used to be a Jello salesman. And he got a different job working for a temporary services company as a manager. Okay. So we all moved out there. And then uh, my parents stayed out there until just like, I guess it was mm, 10 years ago. Okay. So it's pretty, they held out. They did. They yeah. stayed for quite some time. Yeah. My dad's still there. Yeah. My dad's still there. Oh, nice. Yeah, my Hi, mom, dad. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't <laughs> listen to this. He, he doesn't, doesn't listen. Now, what does he care? <laughs> uh, if I told him this was making tons of money, he might listen. He would but, listen. Yeah, yeah, but other than that, he doesn't care about the arts. No, he does care about it. He's, he's the one who got me into music. Like, really? In fact, I, I remember just would just stare at his record collection. Like Billy Joel or Simon and Garfunkel or Jethro Tull or Ooh, Jethro Tull, Bob Dylan, all the records. And I would just listen to the music and I'd stare at the records. Like I just, there's only so much you can look at. But that was like really magical for me. And he got me into uh, a lot of music. But I was like, hey, do you still have those records? He's like, no, I got, re-. they're all scratched up. I was like, yeah, but I want, I wanted to have them. You keep everything, it seems. Why don't you have the records? I don't understand. That's the one thing you probably right. should have kept. Right. You got these, all these weird papers. You know, I don't care about the weird papers. Give me the right. give me the records. Uh, yeah. When did you When did you leave New Jersey? Uh, I left when I was nineteen. No, no, I was eighteen. I went to school. Went to school out in Utah. Uh, went to Brigham Young University, and then I went on a mission to Portugal. So I lived in okay. Portugal for two years. All right, and but basically after I left for school, it was I would just come back for two weeks at a time. So I left in like shoot. 89. Oh, wow. Left in 89. Before grunge hit. You're like, I can get out of here before grunge hits. (laughs) Then You know what I mean? Like, metal is going to be in trouble. You're like, let me get out of here while the getting's good. (laughs) Was going to Utah at what point? Because, I mean, you know, I I understand uh, New Jersey. I understand 1989. You know what I mean? I understand. I know. I was there. You know, I mean, it it was in New York, but I was like, I understand what it was like to be that age at that time. Yeah. Um, was Utah like like the top school you wanted to go to, or did you have other things? My parents both went there. Okay, And okay, so cool. it was the top school that I went to sure. just because, you know, I didn't know much much of anything else. I had a great, great experience yeah. there, really fun time. In fact, that's how I got into acting and comedy was um, at, when I got back from Portugal, I saw a flyer for a comedy troupe, and I had just gone to an improv party. Oh. At someone's, at uh, someone in my complex. <laughs> is it house. A, is it a party with just people that happen to be improvisers, or was it a, a party based on improvisation? It was a party where it was like, "Come over, we'll play some games." Uh, that was it. Kind of like if you're on a team and you're like, "Let's do a team building, exactly. bonding thing." Okay. And I went because of a girl, of course. of course. Yeah. And we played the same game for three hours. Freeze tag. We played freeze tag for three hours. I think. I mean. Depending if the mood is right, you could play. You can. You can. You yeah. literally can. If you have enough people. Yeah. Enough positions. We may have played hitchhiker for another half okay. hour. So you had some chairs set up. <laughs> yeah. You got some chairs set up. Okay. But so, and then the, literally the next day, I saw a flyer for a comedy troupe, and I was like, "Improv comedy troupe? I've done improv before, all of for all of three hours, sure, including watching other people do it." Um, so I went. And, and this is in Utah. This was in Utah. Okay. And uh, I think we were the first comedy troupe in Utah, at least improv, at least improv and sketch comedy. Troupe. Okay, uh, probably the first improv troupe uh, in the state, and it just blew up huge. 
And you, know, you think people were at that point like, hey, like we don't have any of this. Did they? Did they? You don't know what you're missing if it doesn't. Did they not know what they didn't know, or were they like, oh, we've been wanting something like this, or was it just right place, right time? I think it was a combination of yeah. all those things. The right place, the right time. Also, you know, we kind of targeted the freshmen because mm-hmm. they had nothing else to do. Right. And like the first show was free and we thought we hope 20 people show up and we sold out like 300 people showed up. And then we started charging $5 and we sold out like every show for pretty much for years. And then we started bouncing back and forth to bigger halls and, and uh, it was a, it Is was a great experience. Is that still going now? It's not, but if you've ever uh, heard of or seen Studio C, okay. um, Studio C is a, they have a sketch YouTube comedy channel? group. Yes, they do. I think I've run yeah. into that for some reason in my... Uh... Yeah, they have a lot of really funny stuff. Uh, it's, pro- uh, it's, it's produced by the uh, BYU TV, okay. which is the, the school station. And uh, they've got really funny stuff. But anyway, we did a pilot there before there was digital media. You know, we did a pilot on... Uh, actually, I guess maybe it was digital, like a uh, beta. You know, we shot it on beta, and and uh, it aired and everything. But there wasn't this proliferation of digital content where it was so easy and cheap to produce. So uh, a lot of the people, um, I mean, again, I, I hadn't known any of the people who were in Studio C, but a lot of the people who were uh, involved, either directly or indirectly, were. Uh, involved in some way with with my comedy troupe so it was kind of fun we're, we're definitely interconnected yeah in some ways i mean you paved the way you're <laughs> you know what i mean like you're i don't know the patriarch of it that's what i'm gonna say i don't know we certainly had a good run i think we went for eight years oh wow and again like sold out shows pretty much for all eight years and i was at school i was studying advertising and really, the comedy troupe became my full-time job. I was the head writer. At, uh, you know, coming from never having done sketch comedy or improv, I became the head writer very quickly because nobody else wanted to do it. So, and we produced new shows every week. So we had five to seven new sketches every week. With and then we interspaced that kind of uh, like what the I guess maybe the Groundlings would do if you were it was that exactly or City maybe on the yeah groundlings. okay yeah so some guy had uh, Eric D Snyder who was the founder uh, had seen the Groundlings a lot and basically did the same format sketch and improv yeah and so yeah that's exactly what we did sometimes you know we'd have three sketches in the show and lots of improv because we didn't a lot have of freeze tag ready right exactly tons of freeze tag but it was really fun and a, a few years into that I was like I would like to get better at at improv and so I there's think probably I a limited acting. amount of uh you know because it's like uh, like los angeles maybe new york or chicago or where there's just uh, you know a bunch couple at least a couple of theaters going and you have like in, in points of view of a lot of different schools of thought and right. little performers to you know but when you're in your kind of same kind of bubble i mean it is a bubble because there's no you know it, it, like you don't have that thing of like hey well, i wonder what an outside point of view is until you know you said Somebody went to the Groundlings, and I'm sure right. that kind of like, I don't know, it brings a di- different level to it. Yeah. In fact, at one point when I was w- running one of my troops out there, I commuted every week. I flew in to do Groundlings classes, and I did the beginning workshop, the basic level, and then the, uh, the you know, the audition level, and then the uh, intermediate level while I lived in Utah and flew out every week. 
that makes my uh, me driving up from San Diego to LA to take IO <laughs> classes seem lazy. Still, that's a that's a good drive. It's it's, it's brutal for it people who live ten minutes away. That's still uh, yeah. That's, it's 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 it was a brutal like three hours each way. But I love you know what I mean. I when I got there, I was like, yes, this is was worth it. Like I really loved it. And I you know obviously had to move to Los Angeles because uh, I was like. Listen, this town needs another right. needs someone like me. They don't have enough actors, <laughs> enough comedians or improvisers. Like they're just like they need it. And I'm doing them a favor. Exactly. Was uh, did your parents also go on missions? No, they didn't. My dad grew up in uh, Germany. Uh, he was born in '34, okay. and so he was like six or so when the when the war was getting really up and going. So he was basically escaped from East Germany when he was 16 and came over to the States when he was in his 20s. Uh, so he did not. And then uh, my mom didn't, didn't okay. either. But uh, I did. My brother did. And now I have a son on a mission. He's okay. in Ohio. So uh, pretty great. My experience, and just to familiarize, and I'm not an expert, this is, uh, it's part of the Mormon religion. Am I wrong? Right. Okay. That that's a nickname that comes from the Book of Mormon. Oh, yes. But, but it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Saints. Okay. Right. Yes. Remember the there was I remember in New York when I was living in New York there were commercials for. Uh, I bet yeah. there was. Yeah. So it was definitely one of those things that I heard a lot. Uh, but just because my experience, I when I was living in San Diego, um, there were two. Uh, it was like Sister Jones and like another sister. They right. came around. And they were great. Came around and they like would like uh they came over for like Thanksgiving. So it was just you know we weren't with our families, and they brought over pies and we all hung out and oh, they nice. were great. And one of my friends fixed one of their bikes and they were super cool oh, and super nice. Great. And you know uh for me didn't have a lot of experience. You know like uh my um when my my mother converted to Judaism, I think she married my dad who was Jewish, and then. I guess just went back to being Catholic. <laughs> so it was a very kind of like Irish Catholic, like East Coast Jewish, like Russian Jewish. Like that was my in New York. Like those were the religions. Right. Catholic Jewish. I didn't know. Any, you know, there was no. Right. Uh, so my my kind of first like actual experience were these. I remember these two sisters, and they were and they never they never asked for any. They, you know what I mean? They were truly there to just be like. St- they were on a mission, like there was serve or whatever it is. I mean, right. I don't, I can't speak for whatever. There was no, um, it didn't ask for anything, didn't try to convert or anything like that. They were just, they were just super cool. And uh, I don't know, I was got like a good, whereas as, you know, not, I'm not a religious person, but there's been, you know, some things that rub people the wrong way sure. on all sides. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, there's, you know, atheists that rub me the wrong way right. even if i agree with them or not i was just like this is can you leave everyone alone can everyone just leave everyone alone let them do their thing everyone relax uh but it was a very good like uh you know even though i just didn't understand but i was like oh that's pretty cool and and i think um they left always left me with like a good vibe that's about great. it but i don't you know i admittedly don't know uh you know much else about it uh but was that something when you were you know when you were banging your head with your ibanez where you're like <laughs> They, you know what I mean? Because you really were like, I mean, you were like New Jersey, South right. New Jersey, near Philly. You know what I mean? Like you were right. down there in it, banging your head, Bon Jovi. And then did you always know you were going to want to go on a mission? Or was that something where you were like, okay, I'll do this? You know, it, in a lot of ways, it's part of the culture. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I grew up learning about 
you know, things like that God is our, our father. He's our mm-hmm. father. We call him our father in heaven or, you know, and, and that model uh, of he's not just some amorphous thing out there, but he's literally our, the father of our spirits. Um, it gave me a, a real foundation for how to see the world. And, and so that was always, that was always there and always influencing my decisions. And like you said, with the sisters, it's just kind of a good, it's a really good foundation. Like, Hey, we're all brothers and sisters here. Uh, I want to treat people well, not just because I want to be treated well, but because whether they know it or not, we're in this together. And it's not like, it's not, it wasn't necessarily a thing where you're like, well, Oh, I, I want to, you know, I want to fast track to heaven. Let me be, do this oh, nice no. thing, yeah, you know. Not at all. We not at all. It's, uh, it, it, it was much more an element, and not to say that there aren't some people who think that, perhaps, but for me, it was like, I, this has really helped shape my life in a positive way that makes me want to do good for people, makes me want to live a purposeful life, and I would like to share that with yeah. people. Without imposing on anyone's, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, a, I mean, listen, we live in Los Angeles. There's right. people certain in kind of in your face about like, hey, you need this. Hey, you need that. And if you don't, it's like, why don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. like online, there's like confrontation. And I'm kind of just like a do no harm kind of guy. I'm like, uh-huh. do, do your thing. I don't bother you. You don't bother me. We all, we're all <laughs> going to be, we, we can all be happy. Right. Uh, but did that like, because the thing is, you're like you're listening to I, you know, I, I'm t- taking a very kind of like TV movie thing of this where you're like, I, I because Iron Man is like even for me, like kind of growing up, I was like, oh, this is bad. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I grew up kind of like, I mean, I had my first drink at 33, and people always ask me if I was either um, recovering alcoholic or I it was my religion or it was Mormon. Or I was like, I was just straight edge. Like that was part of my. It just wasn't part of my culture. Yeah, and it really I moved and then. Even when I did, did, it wasn't for, I was single and it wasn't, it was fine, but it's like, it never really stuck with me. You know what I mean? I just don't, and I don't know how that fits in with you or, or, you know, whatever, but people just thought that I was, uh, either sober or uh, Mormon. Um, and I was like, (laughs) no, I just, um, I guess neither, I guess I just don't do, which is kind of, I guess I don't really blame them. And I was just like, yeah, and I didn't. I didn't have any issues with it. I wasn't like, don't do that. It's wrong. I, I never, it was like, you do it. I don't, whatever. I don't, you know, the world goes round and round. But uh, right. I would, people kind of just assumed that uh, I was, even though I looked Jewish, <laughs> you know, they, it was a little bit confusing. Um, so you're in Utah. Uh, did you live out there past school? I did. I stayed for a few, I got married like right after I graduated. And did you meet your wife in... Uh, Met my wife at school. I dated her roommate first. Ooh. Yes. It's a saucy tale yeah. that we won't go into Moving now. right. Just moving right through. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, so we got married and then she still had a few more years. But I was uh, I was graduated and I was still running this comedy troupe, mm. you know, as the director and, uh, and really found a lot of fun and purpose from, from making people laugh. And helping people unwind and just enjoy themselves. And you were finding a- acting with this as well at this point? Yeah. When I, about a few years in, I was thinking, you know, I'd love to get better at doing improv. I should take an acting class. And so I did. I took one of the school acting classes. And I'm like, this is kind of awesome. 
And I did more, and then I started auditioning for student films, and I started getting parts in student films, and then I got an agent out there, and I started uh, going out for TV shows and movies. And, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. I was in uh, Touched by an Angel. Uh, there was a show that's called a TV, Promised that's, Land. That's, that's a TV show, Touched by an Angel, right? Yeah. TV show. Yeah. It was the most popular TV show at the time. Yeah. It was like I remember. I, I don't think I watched it, but I remember. I mean, obviously, I remember it in a right. cultural sense. Yeah. And they filmed that out there. Yeah. Okay. And then I did Everwood. Actually, I, I booked Everwood from out here, but I had to fly back to Utah to oh. shoot that. That was with Treat Williams and Marsha Cross, very yeah. amazingly talented yeah. actors. Super fun. I had a scene with both of them. And, and what would, would you say your like your jam was? Like, what kind of what did you play? Like in a lot of these. Uh, well, now I play mostly German soldiers, right, and German scientists. Yeah, but I also play, you know, kind of nerds and dorks and uh, science teacher, teacher exactly. stuff. Yeah, lots of teachery stuff, professors as well as you know, high school teachers or substitutes. So a lot of my social media comedy kind of centers around me being a, a dumb teacher or kind of a fun or or wacky dad because I do have five kids, so. Uh, the dad part comes pretty easily, but, uh, yeah, so, and I do gravitate towards comedy, but again, in all these world war two movies that I'm in, it's usually drama slash action, uh, which I really enjoy. And I trained at Playhouse West, which is a Meisner school. So, you know, is that in Beverly Hills? No, uh, that's Beverly Hills Playhouse. But, okay, yeah, I get um, confused. Yeah, Playhouse West is in North Hollywood. North Hollywood. So there's a okay. few different studios. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, there's yeah. one on Lancashire. Right, and yeah. There's two others on Magnolia, right close to Coenga. Great school. Yeah. Uh, James Franco was one of the you know one of the students that really you know he thanked Playhouse West in his Oscar speeches and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of uh, got known uh, a little bit more through that. But it's a very good school. It's founded by. Uh, Robert Carnegie and Jeff Goldblum. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're okay. Yeah, they're they're very talented guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, it's good enough for them. I mean, what about right? Right. Uh, so, at what point are you in in Utah? Are you like, hey, uh, I, I'm going to take this to the next level, or what? What was the impetus to get you from, I guess, Utah to Los Angeles? Yes, I had done a bunch of films, and you know, was just thinking, now I have some stuff that I can show, and I have stuff on my resume. Which is more than, I mean, a lot, I mean, a ton of people move out, and like, I have nothing, I don't know what's going on. Absolutely. But here I am. Absolutely. And so you so went in guns blazing a it little was bit. A, it was very helpful, and probably not as helpful as I would have liked, but uh, it, it was helpful. It gave me a lot of confidence, too. So when my, when my oldest son was just getting ready to start kindergarten, we were like, look, Now's a good time. Um, if we want to move, we won't have to change schools if we go. And that's pretty much what we did. We up and went. And, and that was a pretty, like, the decision where there was no pushback. Was there any, like, you know, because it's, you know, picking up and moving to Los Angeles. Was there, any, was there ever, or was it an easy, like, yeah, we're going to do this. This is a great idea. Um, it w- yeah, it was kind of the plan. It yeah, was okay. kind of the plan. And my wife always says, you know, I thought you'd grow out of the acting thing. Oh, yeah. You know, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. She's still saying that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, again? You're doing it? All right. Yeah, All right. Well, acting, good. Do it again, acting, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, what, you, what, when did you come to, how long you, uh, I'm trying, when did you come to LA? I guess I'm trying to see how I think long. it was like 2000, early 2000. Okay. Um, I mean, that's relatively recently here. compared yeah, to. Yeah, it's not too long. Yeah. Maybe like 2003 or 2004. Okay. Well, that's pretty. I mean, I, I came. Like yeah, I moved to. 
uh, from New York to San Diego in 2002 and to LA in 2006. So it's a similar yeah. time. Good, good time as any, I, I suppose. Yeah, it's great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. So when you came out here, though, what, what was your plan for, like, you know, um, surviving, I guess, right? Like, like hey. No plan. No plan, right? No plan. Just uh, jump and the net will appear kind of stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And, you know, I was fortunate. We, we got some jobs right away. But as you know, as, as an actor, it's always up and down. It's always like, e- even, when you're, even when you're making enough income to, to live comfortably on, there's still one week where you kind of feel like you're just getting by. And then a few months later, ooh, here's a big check. You know, so no matter what, you have to just kind of hang on. Yeah, if you want to make it, I think exactly good. Good weeks, good months, bad months. Yeah, great months, and then you wonder, is this it? Yep. Like I've had a great year. It's been a fantastic year for me. Uh, I did. I was a series regular on a show called Stargate Origins, which we um uh Bryce uh, is it right? Uh, is uh what's her name? She's the director. Bryce. uh, Um, I can't think either. (laughs) It was not. I just looked at her Facebook. Uh, she's a great director. She directed uh, the the Stargate. Uh, is a Stargate Stargate Origins. Origins, yeah. and she was a crew. I mentioned she was a, would crew on my YouTube videos at the YouTube space, and uh. then she put me in one of her. She did uh, maybe she had a th- they had a thing maybe with like it was like that Brian Grazer Ron Howard like. Uh, vehicle of digital stuff and you know she put me in one of those and it was no surprise that she was um i could tell all those you could just tell when all these kids like they go to usc or whatever it is i was like you guys are all gonna be amazing yeah and i'm gonna be emptying your garbage (laughs) one day and i'm i'm honored to do it so when i saw that she was uh doing that and then i saw that you were in it i was like oh okay i know uh mercedes bryce morgan morgan that's it yes she went by, but now she's she goes, Bryce. That's what guy kind of, right. yeah, yeah. That's why I knew her as yeah. Morgan's went by Bryce, which is a rock and roll name. Yeah. Cool name. Cool, name. cool director name. Great name. Um, so that was so and that fun. And that was, you know, because I'm not really in that world, but I know fan bases are pretty, oh, yeah. pretty, Huge. pretty rabid when it comes Huge. down. I saw that online. Um, another dude from uh, IO was one of the writers on it. I think. Yeah, Justin Michael Terry. Yeah, super nice. We, right. We, I just know him from IO. I think we did a BuzzFeed like thing together. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was like, this is so cool that like people are doing. It. And then I saw that you were uh, a German soldier. German soldier. Now, do you? Because it's like one of those things that are like science fiction that has like a fan base. Did you do? You, um, leverage that in any way do you go to like uh conventions we've been we've done a few yeah yes i wasn't able to go to comic-con this last time and they had this they showed the they showed it they showed stargate origins you know a feature cut version mm-hmm. of it on the battleship out there yeah. 
and we were we were driving out, and I had a emergency at home with the kids, so we had okay. to turn around and come back. Uh, but that would have been so amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's just lots of stuff. Connor Trenier was in it, who's uh, had a great part, of course, on Star Trek Enterprise. He played uh, Commander Tucker, and so so amazing working with him because he's just he's just really good and brought so much experience. And just a you know good person. And was that uh, was that a, a, a pretty long job? Because a bunch of episodes? it was a few months, yeah, a few months, yeah, several months. And uh, yeah, then uh, I forgot where I was going with that. But uh, you were just thinking about being a I was just thinking about being remembering a, back. Yeah, just kind of just reminiscing. But uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes trailers and stuff. Like I, I was also uh, officially authorized to write a blog from the actor's perspective. I was like the only actor who was allowed to post oh, okay. anything. Yeah, and I had to send it to their uh, to Stargate Command, <laughs> and they had to check everything Betty and whatever. They had yeah. to send it to the lawyers and make sure it was all okay. And those are all up on my website. So uh, uh, still, uh, I'm still like the only authorized person to speak about it. It's kind of fun. Uh, but where's your action figure? I know. Where's the action figure? I'm putting it out it's there. Coming. Where is it? It's coming. <laughs> I want that action figure. Me is that too. weird? I want it. Well, one action figure of you <laughs> just sitting there on my desk looking at me. Yeah, my friend uh, Mark Pellegrino, who played Jacob on Loss, he's an uh, amazing mm-hmm. actor, just insanely talented. He has a few action figures of him. It's pretty, That's cool. pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, uh, but also you, uh, I mean, you do... A lot of theater here, a lot of like, right. you know, legit theater. Just finished doing God of Carnage, yeah. um, which was really fun with some amazingly talented actors, all at Playhouse West. Yeah. It was a Playhouse West show. Um, Holly Gagne and Kathleen and, uh, and Randy were so, so fun to work with. And then I also did an episode of Scorpion this year, which is a CBS oh, okay. show. Yeah. That was really fun. Uh, you know, went in, auditioned, just had a few few lines. And by the time I came in to do the part, they had put me in like 14 scenes. Oh, wow. And I, was, I didn't speak in all of them. Right. But uh, it was For like, one episode? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Pretty much in the whole thing. It was a hostage situation okay. kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. So you're there. But it was great because they were like, yeah, okay, um, Lincoln, let's have you do this. And they would keep putting me right in the frame, even mm. though I wasn't written specifically into sure. the scene yeah. and all that good stuff. Well, that's fun. It's really fun. Uh, you also, uh, you do improv out here. Yes, and so do you. Well, yeah, you let me uh, you let me rock and roll with you guys, guys which Jason is very kind. Jason is a very good improviser, super fun to play with. So Kirby Hayborn, who, who I run the troupe with, it's the Society Comedy Troupe. Um, he's in so many commercials that I've seen. He's in so much. I he's feel like it's great. one of those things where I was like, ah, I see, why is this guy in every commercial? And I was like, oh, hey, you're that guy in every commercial. Right. I mean, I, I haven't auditioned for commercials in a while just because it's it's always in like Santa Monica. Right. And then I got to go. And I just, it was never really, because I would go in for dad stuff. But I, age-wise, was the dad thing. But people were like, you just, we just don't buy that you're a dad. I was like, I don't really buy it either. <laughs> um, right. So you're getting all those parts. Uh, so that is so, but, uh, seeing, it, I was just like, oh, this guy's in, uh, in every commercial. Yeah. He's also, uh, he's one of the leads in the three stooges. He played oh. Teddy who's married to, what is her name? That when they, came, they came out, did that come out five years ago? Just, you know, it's a fairly brothers movie. I think I may have ago. submitted 
a self tape for that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I just kind of remembered that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, he's the character who Sofia Vergara hires someone to kill. Okay, because yeah. he's a millionaire. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's great in the movie. It's, it's a really fun movie. And, and, yeah, everyone in the group is super funny. Uh, it's but like, we were talking about you just today because we had an away show. We yeah. did. Uh, we flew out to Utah to do a musical improv. Oh wow. Uh, which was great. Was, that, was it a corporate fun. thing? Or? Corporate thing. Nice. That's yeah, nice. The corporate things shows. are nice. But on the way back, we were yeah. talking about, you know, it's like, how do you, how you like working mm-hmm. with Jason? He's like, he's great. He's so fun. Oh, thank you. It adds a different, you know, adds yeah. a different uh, sense of sense of timing and, and comedy. And, of course, you played in a show with us. I did. That like was last month. Super. That was the first time I've done a show in a show. Because, like, again, like, I hit improv hard for about 14 years, coaching, and, like, at I.O., that I would, you know... Uh, uh, was it coach the Harold teams and direct right. the sketch groups and then it, it used, coaching some UCB groups. I just got really kind of burnt out about a lot of different things. And then uh, even this podcast took like mm-hmm. a year break. Listen, if you do podcasts, don't take a break if you don't need to. Don't take a break. It's a bad <laughs> idea for the numbers, people. It takes a second to come back. Um, uh, but it was just super fun because, you know, I start, I, I'll start off doing short form in San Diego mm-hmm. and loved it. And everyone was so nice. And there was people there. Yeah. What? That's always nice. It's amazing <laughs> that people show up and yeah. pay money to see you have no idea what you're about to do. Absolutely no you're idea. And even when I'm done, I was just like, I don't know what I just did. But that's it's it's there and it's gone. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's disposable. Real. It's disposable it, theater. It's truly uh something out of nothing. Yeah. You know. It is. Um and it, that's part of what makes it so fun. It's also part of what makes it when you're in the audience so energetic and so exciting. Is that once the moment's gone, it's gone. When the show's done, you'll never see it again. Nope. You know? Unless you watch it back and you're like, this isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched, you know, you watch things back and you're like, kind of like, this is not as good as You know, it this is. is crazy though, because we, we filmed one of our last shows. And, uh, you know, when we do the musical comedy section, uh, for those of you who don't know, we do uh, improvisation comedy, of course, means we make it up as we go along. But we also do a musical section, which we make up a plot from start to finish. It's usually about anywhere between 20 minutes and an hour long. Depending on how much time, and we it's amazing. I mean, I mean, I've, I haven't seen the long version. I've seen your short versions of it, and it's right. like pretty. It's. I mean, it's always rem- musical theater is always uh, improvised uh, musicals are always really remarkable. It's mind boggling. It's just like, how, wait a minute. That's you, now. That's a hit song to me. You just sang. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, um, even to, when they're bad, it's kind of impressive. Yeah, but when they're good, it's like insane. Because yeah. I think if it's bad and you kind of own the fact, you're like, hey, this is my. This bad is my best right now, right. and you're you're owning it, and people see that they're because they are just like uh, there's it's relatable a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know if you're like if you act bored or you're like you're dismissive of it, nobody wants to see you don't want to right. see a bored person. So that's right. why I I just embrace everything that like. You have to because there's so many other. I've always learned like there's so many improvisers, especially in Los Angeles, and there's very little stage, mm-hmm. and everyone's good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there's there's you know, whatever. There's different levels of Strengths, different people. Weaknesses, yeah. Different. Some people do it for a year and are amazing. Some people do it for 20 years and they're just okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like appreciate the fact that you're here. Because someone else isn't. Yeah. And I've never ever, uh, like, I've never taken that part for granted, even though, you know, whatever. There's always some politics at some of the theaters, uh, this and that, which are just structural. They're not, yeah. it's not creative. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's like just appreciating it and uh, the society. Yes. The, the society, society comedy. It's societycomedy.com. Yeah. So, but uh, we, 
we gotta just get that put plug in a, there. Gotta get that plug that's in there. That's right. Gotta get that plug in there. I just cut together a little promo video, but in doing that, I had to watch through the musical. And it's like, particularly the beginning and like all throughout, I watched mostly the beginning. It was mesmerizing. Like, usually improv doesn't translate well to watch. But I can see why the musical would, because it's so. It has something more. Yeah. It just does. And, and, in this, I, I'm going to post the whole, uh, at least this whole beginning of the musical pretty soon. It's it's mesmerizing. This girl, Kelly Lohman, is so amazing. She sings this solo um, based on a suggestion from the audience. And then the whole rest of the musical, you know, the rest of the scenes and the songs all go in that direction. But not only is it mesmerizing to watch back on tape, but watching the cast sitting at the side watching her everyone's just like in this magical place like i can't believe this is yes, happening because We're sometimes you're on the, you, important. even when you're on the stage you're like kind of like in awe of what's happening like yeah not just waiting for you to go like yeah. oh, i just want to insert myself in this where you're just up there and I, that's what i always loved about being Where i'm up there and i'm like i'm a huge fan of them and i'm yeah. on the stage like i'm part of it but i was like Sometimes I separate myself from it because I've become such a huge fan of. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to play with a lot of really have a lot of really great teachers and uh, perform with a lot of really great performers that have gone on to be very successful, and yeah. I've always been fortunate of that. Um, but also something uh, an aspect. This is how we initially know each other. Is you have a pretty uh, bumping online presence. Yes, which is not which I would bumpin'. say bumping. Yeah. I'd say bumping. I like Let's that say bumping. Yeah, I'm rocking, cool. bumping. I'm not hip like the kids. No, I'm not as you would say lit. No, you're not. Uh, Was that you're not, two years ago? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if you're not lit. Yeah. Um, uh, is it fire? I don't know. I, don't I can't. Know. Ke- I can't keep up. I don't know. Um, but you, you know, for especially where a lot of people were, you like an early adopter. It sounds like you were kind of early adopter of like technology and and I love technology. Yeah, I mean, I was on I was on the internet before it existed. Yeah. You know, when it was you had to dial up from mm-hmm. your computer directly to another person's computer, and only one person could be on the website. Right. It was called a bulletin board. Uh, you know, but then I I dropped it. You know, just like you said with the podcast. Yeah, step away and everything everything changes. Uh, but. Uh, I did. I started musically about two and a half years ago, which is now TikTok. And that traditionally, for people, it was people lip syncing. Right. At least you know it's and, and uh, known for being a very like almost born out of vine in a way, for which sure. was a mixed age fifteen thing. second loop instead of the yeah yeah. And uh, but that has, as far as I know, is is kind of ages up. You know, yes, I think ages up. I'm sure that I'm sure that business wise, they're like, no, we want more people to use it, and we don't want to be any limitations right. on who could use it. Yeah, I it was almost all lip sync, and I stepped in. My friend Eric Artel showed it to me and said, "Be careful, you'll get addicted if you start posting." And I just saw how people could lip sync your comedy, so I thought, "What if I did some comedy skit?" Well, we don't call them skits, but they do. Ske- you know, we yes, call them comedy sketches because right, they sound yeah. more fancy. Uh, what if I did these comedy sketches and people could re-lip sync them back? And so I wasn't doing lip syncs. I was creating, creating things yeah. for people to lip sync. They would like reuse those or remuse. Remuse. Those originals. Yes. So that's how I got my, like, I would just do these little kind of like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And that was it. And then people would, watching people lip sync to your voice is very strange. It is. Especially when it's different ages. It's like a 13-year-old, a 50-year-old, yeah. you know what I mean? A 9-year-old, a 26-year-old, if, especially if it's, you know, if it's a 
a pretty popular uh, little video. But it's um, such a great way for them to engage with you. Yeah. And that's that's what clicked for me was like, wow, instead of just pressing a like button or making a comment, they can literally act this back out and then post it. Did you ever feel, uh, because, you know, I, I've kind of, you know, I come from, uh, you know, digital, you know, the, I was pretty relatively early on in the YouTube world. Mm-hmm. I happened to fortunately make a living sort of born from that. Um, uh, but I was always, you know, I was a late bloomer in everything. Like I started doing, you know, comedy officially at like 29 or 30. So even though I've, you know, used to do like little video stuff like that, but mm-hmm. on an official level, like 29 or 30, which is pretty late, you know what I mean? To a little late to get started. Uh, uh, so you're starting from YouTube, but do you ever, ever get any pushback from people? Uh, because like you are in somebody who's an age wise, atypical, to yeah. whoever's on there, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I mean, I've gotten that pretty much always. Sure. Yeah, never, never didn't get it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd never really heard it until until I started posting comedy stuff to, to Musical.ly again, which is now mm. TikTok. And, pe- you know, all these comments, these kids have no filters. And they'd be like, you're too old. Ew, get off. Yeah. You know, and I, it would, it would be so funny because I'd look and see that, you know, oh, there's 500 comments on this. Yeah. You know, 95% of them are positive, but then there's always some kid who's yeah. just so like, this is for kids. Get, get off. Yeah. But they're um, just being who they, I mean, they're, they just don't know that yeah, that's they're being rude. Who, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, or they don't care. Or maybe it's not really rude. It's just, to our generation, it's <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't know, but for sure, there's there's always been age things, and and I was always just able to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm doing this because I'm a professional actor, right? And you're not trying to be a 13 year old. I wasn't lip syncing, <laughs> yeah, anything, yeah. You know, uh, it was like this is another way for me to make comedy and to make people laugh yeah. because. I didn't go to film school, but I went with the people who went to film school and I kind of learned that, you know, if you're going to make a film, it takes you like six months to a year. And it was just a liberating thing to say, wow, I can do something short and I can shoot it in 30 seconds and post it in and another today, two minutes. Like now. And, and make someone laugh today. And that was completely game changing. Now, I was kind of a, a lot of actors would ask me about this because I've always had like a pretty decent online presence i've uh yeah you have great great i've always just you know i have a marketing kind of background uh i've uh, like advertise like things like advertising the psychology of why like why why would an instagram post get a a like you know why would a a tweet get a retweet whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be i've always just been into the uh, and i've pretty good analytics and like youtube certified i do all that stuff uh so i've always been interested in like the back end um but uh, has your online presence given you a leg up when it comes to like the traditional media stuff? Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure it works both ways. Like it may have hurt me on some certain projects. Like I I was up for uh, an HBO show. I didn't end up getting it, but I did notice that the casting director checked my LinkedIn profile. Oh, and so do you have a, how's your LinkedIn? It's not bad. Mine's pretty good, but it certainly highlights, my working with social media and you don't think they like that part? i don't know i don't know i mean i didn't get the i didn't get that job <laughs> yeah. i was on hold and, and all that good stuff yeah but um but certainly like the whole way i got stargate was i met my the manager who submitted me for stargate um i met through musically i met her at vidcon mm-hmm. And we started talking, and she's like, I've seen some of your stuff. It's really hilarious. My son does stuff, too. Her son is really hilarious, too. 
uh, Zach Rice. He's like a 14-year-old kid who's like doing killer stand-up. Just had his first stand-up show. Anyway, super talented. So we started working because of the social media stuff, which then she submitted me to Stargate, and and I sent in an audition, and then I went in for callbacks, and I got the part. And that led to Scorpion and all these other things that have come through. So as indirect as it may have been, you know, it was the social media that at least guaranteed my audition for Stargate, which... And, you, and your talent takes you the rest of the way. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they so. do hire people based on numbers alone. Obviously, they do that. There's, right. But there's see, certain things, yeah. I would never get hired on numbers alone because, no. you know, I'm not... I think I have about a million followers across all right. social media. But, like, you know, a bulk of the... Like, I have 430-some thousand on Musical.ly, and then everything else is, like, 10,000 here, 200,000 there. LinkedIn. Right, that LinkedIn, LinkedIn, numbers, LinkedIn you numbers. know it, yeah. you know it. So, so no one's ever going to call me for numbers until I get, you know, up past that. But if it, let's just say there's 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 two of you, you types, um, you know, they might look at you and be like, well, they're both equally as great, but this guy already has an online presence, and that might be some instant promotion. Right, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I the think product, it does it, happen it, that it, way. It, 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 it doesn't hurt. But there's know? also something to be said about if if all things are equal and one person is out there every day creating content and posting and the other person is waiting more waiting. It's like, who would you go with? Yeah. You know, the hard, somebody who's... Go with someone who's trying to make everything work and use their talents and, and uh, collaborating with other people. Um, it, it's just a... It's a smart. It's a yeah, smart it's move. Yeah, it's a smart move because then you know whatever the project is, you're not starting from zero pr- right. promotion wise. You don't have to start. Right. You know, you if if it's you know ten people that already have a big online presence. Right. There you go. You have your you know. And I'm a total believer that that any project should be hiring talent and uh, charisma and tr- honest acting over any kind of numbers. But sure. all things being equal. Um, Someone who's out there moving and shaking and trying to get things done and move different fronts forward at the same time has an advantage. Uh, so what's what's next for you? Like, what's what are we? I have a, a pilot that I'm doing. Actually, we're doing a web series that's going to be edited together into a pilot. Mm. Uh, there's a group called Third String Kicker. Yeah, well, I've, well, they could find them on my YouTube channel. You could yeah. find me on theirs. They're from what I remember. Very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and it's fun because I do mostly clean comedy, yeah. and some of the things that they're most famous for are sure, yeah, are skating that line of like yeah. not clean, but you know. But but anyway, uh, that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, I also have a few pilots that I've been pitching around um, and I've had some interest on a few of them. It was very exciting. Yeah. And I narrate a lot of audiobooks too. Is that, uh, so. how, is that, uh, what's the work like on that? Because I always think like, what, it's, is it? Uh, it's probably what you would imagine. It's sitting in a room, in a booth, sitting in front of a microphone like this for hours upon hours upon hours upon hours a day. And so what, do you, you do certain days. kind of books? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do mostly first-person narration. Usually I play troubled teens. <laughs> oh, okay. Or or teens with unique gifts. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess if I just, you could be a troubled teen. I have a youthful voice. You do, you know? yeah. It's, it's like Not a, always if I talk. I yeah. Be, you know, but, but usually I'm kind of bright and energetic with right, my voice. Yeah. And, but a little off or a little different. Yeah. And so that's, I'm assuming that's why I get kind of these troubled teens. But uh, some of these books that I've been able to narrate are just, beautiful wonderful books so that's that's really fun um 
and then also of course the improv world um the society comedy which i'm hoping we're gonna have you in another to- show uh, very i would like soon. Uh, listen i'm ready i'm you know put me in coach whenever whenever you're ready uh I will. I will be there. In fact, we have footage of you from that uh, live stream show that oh, we yeah? did. Oh, and I think I think we're going to be posting that to uh, improvwizards.com. 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 Yeah. So that's a Eric Artel and I do a teaching course where we teach improv. Um, I teach at school, but we also are doing an online course, and that is part of that is going to be on there so it's going to be like don't do this <laughs> don't see what no it's just the whole show okay. we're just putting up the whole show nice. okay yeah warts and all because oh. you know there was some, some characters it's fun yeah there's always less funny stuff in improv shows sure or maybe even not not even less funny but like less funny to the audience right but you need it to you know sometimes you got to get to get to a to c the b's got to be a little bit yeah. you know a little setup Right. A little setup. Right. And where can we, where, uh, we can find you online? Hold so uh, my website is lincolnhoppa.com, and that's hope with two Ps. Yeah. H-O-P-P-E. And then, of course, societycomedy.com and improvwizards.com. Mm-hmm. And all of my social media is my name, Lincoln Hoppa, again. And is that, what, what is that? What is, is that German. It's German. Yeah. Okay. I've been thinking about going by hop and just dropping the P and the E because most yeah. people call me hop anyway. I don't know why it sounds, uh, what, am I th- what am I thinking of, like more like Scandinavian, like uh, like it's Swedish or something. Right. It's it's just a point of confusion. Yeah. And, and that's fine in an audition. But if you're trying to get someone to find you on social media, confusion does not help. No, it's They'll not good try branding. spelling your name once. Yeah. You know, and that's it. So... So that's a possibility. Maybe I'll be Lincoln Hop soon. Who knows? Ooh, I guess we'll, during part two we'll find out. Right. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.